<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Thanks for being here. Hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. And by the way, to Kamala Harris, hope you had the best long weekend of your life. Today is Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. Hey, by the way, this is officially our 100th episode of the Water Cooler. What a moment for us. Narcissistically, we're so proud of us. We've checked the contract, by the way. We don't get any bonus money for reaching 100 episodes, so womp womp. Bummer. All right, now to the show. June is here. Donald Trump continues to get stronger. Folks, did you see what happened this weekend down in Florida? Florida? The Trump boat parades continue despite the fact that he's no longer in the Oval Office. That's called staying power. This weekend, Trump speaks at the North Carolina Republican Convention. So, folks, he ain't going anywhere. You know, he's kind of like Freddy Krueger uh, to the liberals. You know, they want to destroy him. And just when they think they, they've got him, he keeps coming back. It's like they can never get rid of him. He's like a Friday the 13th movie. Indeed, a nightmare for liberals. And that's just the way Trump likes it. Also today, vaccine passports and cruise ships, the big battle down in Florida. Should you have to be vaccinated to go on a cruise. Personally, I'd like to take a buffet vaccine that allows me to eat as much as I want without gaining 20 pounds. More on all of this later. And how low can they go calling Roto-Rooter folks CNN ratings in the toilet? Ever since Trump left office, are we really shocked? They've lost nearly 70% of their audience since Trump left. Our heart goes out to Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo and everyone there at CNN, actually, not really. All right, speaking of CNN, recently they parted ways with former U.S. Senator and CNN senior political commentator Rick Santorum over what were deemed controversial comments over the Native American culture. Now, folks, let me give it to you straight. Rick Santorum was let go over two words that unfortunately conservatives know all too well. Cancel culture. That's what it was, plain and simple. And joining me now to discuss this is, well, hey, look, the man himself, someone I've known a very long time, my good friend Rick Santorum. Rick, great to see you again, sir. Thank you, David. Good to be with you at the water cooler. I oh, appreciate it. Hey, so so how surprised were you that CNN decided to do this, to let you go over this? Um, you know, a little bit surprised. I mean, I, I will be honest. I mean, since Biden became president uh, in January, I have been on the air twice. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they had me on the air a lot when Trump was president and to comment from a Republican perspective, a conservative perspective on on the president. And uh, and I did that. But I think once Trump was no longer the story, uh, they weren't really I don't think they were particularly interested in hearing from Republicans talk about President Biden. So I think that was part of it. Um, and, you know, the idea that I said controversial things about Native Americans, I did not say controversial things about Native Americans. That's People right. took what I said out of context and made them into a controversy. Uh, and and you know, the reality is I simply, uh, you know, talked about the founding of our country. And, and, and while Native Americans were here, I said they did not participate in the founding of our country, basically what I said. And, mm -hmm. 
that's that's pretty much true. And and so uh, they uh, now my my language may not have been as uh, as uh, you know uh, plain as as this. I gave them probably a little bit more dramatic. But the bottom line is the message was not controversial. The uh, the people who wanted to cancel me made it controversial. Right. And so here we are in America today. You can't even say something like that without uh, people going off the deep end. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there, there's, there's, well, first off, there was a whole group of people who, uh, who were aligned uh, for the last four and a half years to get me off CNN. I mean, every time I was on CNN, you know, Twitter would light up, Facebook would light off uh, with, uh, with calls to get rid of me, no matter what I said on the air. Uh, there, there is an effort on, and you, you see this, you call it cancel culture, and it's correct, where uh, people on the left do not want to hear from different points of view. They want to silence any, uh, any alternative viewpoints, any criticism of what they believe in, uh, any promotion of, of an alternative point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't mind being held accountable for what I say, and, and I don't mind uh, you know, suffering consequences if I say things that, uh, that are out of line. Uh, but I, I don't think that's what this is about. I think this is simply about uh, an effort by uh, people who have been paid what I'm told. I was told by CNN, paid a lot of money. Uh, these groups were paid a lot of money to get rid of me, and uh, they uh, accomplished it. Well, and CNN acquiesced to that, I mean, clearly, I mean, in, in, in a sense. I mean, so what was your relationship like at CNN? How did they treat you? And, and how did you have to, how did you deal with a lot of the stuff that was coming from them on the left? Uh, because, I mean, you're rock ribs, cut, solid conservative, family value, Judeo-Christian guy. It must have had your head spinning as well. Well, I actually loved it. I mean, I, you know, I, uh, as, as I have told a few people, you know, Jesus didn't come to convert, you know, the saved. Uh, he, he came to uh, convert and to preach to or uh, the, you know, folks who didn't uh, didn't see the world the way he did. Uh, and, right. and so that's what I felt I was doing. I thought I was out there talking to people The predominantly the CNN audience doesn't agree with what I say. But uh, I saw an opportunity to go out and at least, you know, uh, put in front of them, have them hear. Uh, an alternative point of view that they weren't going to get from anybody else on CNN or MSNBC. And I loved it. I mean, yes, I was, you know, usually two against one or three or four or five or six or seven against one. Uh, but I always had the opportunity and CNN was very good about that. They, you know, they gave me the opportunity to say whatever I wanted to say. Sure. And, uh, and they gave me good time spots to say it. So I have really no complaints as to uh, how I was handled there. In fact, I really relished the opportunity to do it. How would you characterize uh, the conversation between you and CNN when you parted ways? Uh, did they say, look, we've got to do this. Uh, we've got no choice. We're backed into a corner. Or what, what did that, how did that play out? Well, I mean, I don't want to go into personal conversation. Sure. But I think they just, you know, uh, it was uh, the, the heat from, from, that, uh, from that exchange, from that speech uh, was uh, the, the left was not going to let go of. Uh, they uh, uh, they kept up the social media pressure. They kept up petitions. They enlisted a whole bunch of left wing Native American groups to uh, to chime in and 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 stir the pot in the Native American community. They got Hollywood to uh, to do letters and uh, you know actresses and actresses you know saying you know, all, all sorts of things about you know uh, boycotting CNN if uh, if I so you know the bottom line is uh, you know they. They were held hostage and they, you know, they paid the ransom. Uh, yeah. But I, I will say this, you know, for four and a half years, they were held hostage. And and you can make the argument that uh, 
you know, that I said some things that, in, you know, had I had a second chance to say them, I might I put them exactly the way I did. It's clear what I meant. I mean, I'm not stepping back at all from what I what I said. Yeah. It's just, you know, it was not the most artful way of saying it. And they took those words and twisted them and, and uh, you know, accomplished what they wanted to. Rick, by the way, the last time I checked the toilet, I saw CNN's ratings. I mean, seriously, I'm not <laughs> trying to even make a joke. I mean, it's it's factual. I mean, the, the, the headlines galore are all over the place. I mean, they're down almost 70 percent of viewers since Trump left office. It seems like Trump yet again was right. He's good for business. Yeah, I mean, you know, CNN, when I was hired there four and a half years ago, uh, you know, one of the reasons I went there is because, frankly, during the 2012 and 2016 campaigns, uh, CNN treated me as well as any network, maybe better than any network, and giving me the opportunity to, to say my piece and, and giving me what I considered, you know, coverage appropriate for where I was in the in the polls and what I was doing. And uh, so I, I look forward to coming there, and I always saw them as Sure, they were left of center, but I, I saw them as much more of a straight news organization than uh, than, than certainly an MSNBC or even Fox, for that matter. So um, I looked at look forward to the opportunity. Uh, but as you say, I mean, they they've changed. Donald Trump changed a lot of things. He changed CNN. And uh, and, you know, they they certainly rested their uh, uh, their ratings on on making every show the Donald Trump show. I, you know, uh, yeah. I know that Donald Trump watched me on CNN all the time because CNN was always talking about Donald Trump and Donald Trump always likes to hear about what he, you know, what him. Right. Uh, so he doesn't watch networks that don't talk about him. He talks, he watches networks that do. And so uh, I know I was able to communicate to, to President Trump what I needed to just by saying it on CNN uh, <laughs> that's because right. that's what they dedicated their, their network to do. What? Follow Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I've got 30 seconds or so uh, here, but just to follow up, you say he changed CNN. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, CNN's clearly made a, a calculated decision, a business decision to go a certain way. I mean, you, uh, this whole thing with James Earl Jones, this is CNN. I mean, it's a different CNN than it used to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone can really question that. And not to say there aren't some really, uh, in my opinion, very good journalists still at CNN who, who, uh, who do the best they can under the situation, yeah. but... Uh, it's a very different place to work, and uh, you know, I hope it uh, hope it finds its way a little better because I I thought they were a really valuable uh, part of American news. Rick Santorum, always uh, great to see you. Give my best to Karen and the family. Uh, you guys are great. My pleasure. Thank you, David. Always pleasure to be with you and uh, CBN. All right, appreciate it. Rick Santorum uh, here uh, on the water cooler. And I got to tell you, uh, look, I, I can speak from some experience inside CNN. I was a CNN contributor for a couple of years from 2000, was it seven to 2009, roughly. Uh, treated me fine. Uh, but it was a different CNN back then in 2007 compared to today. And Rick Santorum experienced that firsthand uh, just in the last uh, week or so. So glad Rick was able to join us in the program today. All right, when we come back, Eric Metaxas, host of the Eric Metaxas radio show. How's he dressing today? Because I got to tell you, I went into the wardrobe closet. I said, Eric's on the show. I better step up my game back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, Donald Trump's in the news. <laughs> just the way he likes it. He's never left it. Like I said, he's like the Freddy Krueger for Democrats. They keep trying to destroy him. and he, he, It's like he's the Friday the 13th movie. He keeps coming back. He's their worst nightmare. Uh, here's a business insider um, a tip for you. No, no not a tip. Uh, that's a headline. Look at this. Trump is telling people he thinks he'll be reinstated as president in August. What? According to a report, uh, Maggie Haberman from the New York Times also out with that as well, that apparently Trump is telling people inside his orbit that he thinks he'll be reinstated in August. And look, when Maggie Haberman from the New York Times tweets it, uh, the media is going to pop up. They're going to say, wait, Maggie Haberman's tweeting that as well? Anyhow, I thought it was interesting. So I got on my phone. It's an iPhone 12. It's the latest. And I went ahead and I texted the, the Trump people. I was like, what's up with this? They haven't gotten back to me yet. I'm trying to get some information. Uh, let's, uh, shall we be joined now by Eric Metaxas, host of the Eric Metaxas Radio Show? I don't know why I'm asking the question, because he's there. Eric, good to see you, sir. Good to see you and good to be seen. <laughs> oh, I always say good to be seen, by the way. Ask my wife. Uh, hey, so what's going on? I mean, I, I don't, not that I'm going to get you to react to this Trump reinstated stuff, but look, yeah. that with the audits, uh, you know, Sidney Powell still react. out there talking. What, what, what can you tell me? Because, you know, you've been ripped for a lot of this stuff and people are like, stop, it's over. But clearly people yeah. are still Listen, talking. Whenever about anybody it. tells you to say, they say, stop, it's over, shut up, yeah. history's decided. That makes me angry. Yeah. Nobody's going to tell me what to say and what not to say. This is America, ladies and gentlemen. And I need to remind everybody, uh, this is America. You can talk about whatever you want, even if you're wrong, even if people don't like what you're saying. You have the freedom of speech to say whatever you like. And right now, when people say it's over, usually they say it's over because they're really scared it might not be over. And by the way, it's not over. Um, if an election was stolen... Anyone who stops talking about it is part of the problem. We need to speak up and to say, we want to know the details. We want to know whether votes uh, were put in the wrong column. We want to know who did it. We want to know everything. And if everything's fine, you have nothing to worry about. And I think some people have a lot to worry about. And I'm going to tell you what's going on in Arizona right now. They are scared to death. The reason they're scared to death is because there's something to this. Um, you don't even need to be talking about Mike Lindell, who's standing right behind me holding that pillow. Uh, <laughs> use, use the code ERIC. Don't forget that it's not just about Chinese interference, which if you've watched, uh, if you go to frankspeech.com and watch the absolute um, films that Mike has done, I don't know how you get around that, folks. But the point is that even on the ground in places like Maricopa County and in other states, People are looking into this, and what has happened is a sleeping giant has been awakened. It's called We the People, the American People. They are now active on a state level in state legislatures. They're demanding that their state legislators and state senators look into this, and if you don't look into this, you're part of the problem, folks. We need to get to the bottom of it, and if it turns out that everything's fine, hey, terrific. Wouldn't that be great? Right. Uh, we'd have a fake president uh, named Joe Biden who was really elected, but why are people so afraid? That's what I find fascinating. They keep saying, don't talk, don't talk, be quiet. If you keep saying that, we're never going to shut up. So, Eric, clear, clear something up for me. You say it's not over. You're talking about the investigation into what happened is not over. And you mentioned fake president. So what, do you, what are you saying exactly on this? I cannot. Based on what I have seen, it seems clear to me that Biden was not elected. Now, I would love to be proven wrong, as I say, but when people sneer and smirk, folks, uh, there's an audit going on. And 
if the results of that audit are shown uh, to be in favor of Biden, I would be like, great, I was wrong. I'm really glad to be wrong that an election wasn't stolen. But there's enough evidence that we need to keep going and keep looking. And there are people scared to death because they really think that things are going to be uncovered. We know that there has been election um, fraud in most states in the union, especially in Democratic run cities for generations, David. Let's think about this. How can we turn a blind eye to that? And we mm -hmm. go, I mean, I know people who are deep into politics and they all say, oh, yeah, in places like Philly, you got to win by at least 5% because they are already, so, we know that they're stealing 5% of the vote. So you have to win by more than 5% to actually win. How can we let that go on? Every single American has to care about this. So, Eric, just so I understand, the critics, of course, will say it's over, it's been litigated, That the, and I know the judges didn't take, I know they, they didn't take it up on, on its merits, but, but let's just go down that road for a second. You're, you're saying, though, that, that wait a minute, that, that the information that is out there uh, takes a while to what come together because there's layers. It's hidden. Is that what you're? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, of of course, you have to let the law work. You've got to let Moses work, the lawgiver. It takes time because, um, look, most Americans don't have the patience to get into the weeds, and I'm one of them. I mean, I know enough to know that we need to keep going. What's going on in Maricopa County? It could be the first of the dominoes to fall. And as I say. What are you afraid of, uh, Democrats, uh, machine uh, companies that run the voting machines? Why are you so afraid? I think they're afraid because they got caught doing something as un-American as putting a bullet in the head of Uncle Sam and Lady Liberty. When you do this and it comes out, you're going to look really, really bad. And I think that is exactly what is happening right now. And I think that there are various states where they're looking into these things. That's the ground game. Yeah. Uh, then you've got the idea of the machines. And all I can say is when you're told to shut up, don't shut up because that's not the American way. If we end up being wrong, which I don't think we will be, I would say, hey, that's yeah. terrific. At least we let the process work itself out. But I'm not surprised okay. Trump thinks he'll be reinstated because he knows things that most of us don't. You're, so real quick, you're saying you're not surprised if he would be reinstated? I'm not surprised. The man behind me, Mike Lindell, clutching the pillow, uh, he has said this, and I know that uh, he talks to Trump. And I think that look, some of this might be, uh, you know, just to rattle the cage of his enemies to say this. But I think that, uh, you know, my friend Jenna Ellis uh, has said it's not possible he would be reinstated. But she has said, nonetheless, she is sure Trump won the election. Now I know Jenna Ellis. She's 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 not a pillow salesman. She's a constitutional scholar. Everywhere I turn, I find people telling me that from what they know, Trump won. That that should be very disturbing to everyone well, who loves this country because these are people who are not you know, they're not shills for Trump. They care about the Constitution. All right, Eric Metaxas, great to see you. Uh, Jenna Ellis on this network at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll share those comments with her, and I'm sure she, she, she knows them, she loves you. So we really appreciate you, Eric. Thank you so much. Appreciate sir. you. Thank you, David. All right, Eric Metaxas and the Eric Metaxas Radio Show. And look, I, I think there's also a delineation between people that think that Trump won. There are people that think Trump won because uh, legislatures didn't do their job. And there are people that think Trump won because of that, plus election fraud all over the place. So what's the truth? Clearly, people still are trying to get at it. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, uh, everybody. Here's a state I don't mention often, New Mexico. Did you know that there is a special election being held today, that's right, Tuesday, oh, election day, Tuesday, in uh, New Mexico, in the Albuquerque area. It's an early test of Democrats' 2022 messaging. We're going to get more on that from Nathan Gonzalez, who is back with us. We love Nathan, uh, the editor of Inside Elections. I put emphasis on that, Nathan. Uh, Good to see you, sir. Thank you for having me once again. Well, uh, to, to explain why we should care about New Mexico. Someone in uh, Virginia who's a Republican or a Democrat, they're going, what do I care about New Mexico? I mean, not that they're talking like this. If they were talking like this, they'd be from New York, but they're not. Anyhow, tell me about New Mexico. Sure. Well, first of all, there aren't a lot of elections going on right now, so we have to we have to focus on what we can get. Good point. Uh, so this special election uh, is because uh, Democratic Congresswoman Deb Holland uh, left her seat uh, which is basically Albuquerque, a little bit of areas outside Albuquerque. Uh, she left the left Congress in order to join the Biden administration and to join the cabinet. So what we're watching for is this is a Democratic district. Um, Joe Biden defeated President Trump uh, in the district by 23 points in the in the most recent 2020 election. Uh, according to a metric that we have in inside elections, it looks like a Democratic advantage of about 17 points. So we're really looking at the margin. I mean, it would be a shock if the Republican uh, nominee, his name is Mark Morris, uh, if he wins. But we're, we're watching the margin. And, and we're watching in particular, I know that that headline talked about Democratic messaging, but the Republicans' message has it's been basically one note, and that is uh, crime. Uh, the crime rate in Albuquerque and trying to tie... Uh, the the Democratic nominee Melanie Stonsbury to uh, you know the defund the police and, and those sorts of messages that we heard in 2020. So yeah. uh, again, it's a, it's about the margin. I would say if it's if it's less than 10 points uh, that that the Democrat wins, and that's that's probably good news for Republicans, even though they fall short. You know, if it's a 15, 17, 20 point victory for Democrats and it's basically the status quo and we we look on to the next election for for tea leaves for the midterms. All right. We watch that 10 point uh, uh, measure, if you will. And we'll, we'll take a look at that for tomorrow. Uh, also uh, making news uh, out there in the West, uh, Nevada, the Nevada legislator legislature, excuse me, passing a measure to become first in the nation for presidential balloting. Uh, how does Iowa feel about that? How does the Democrat Party feel about that? What, what's happening? What, will this actually happen? How does this ha- how does this go? Yeah, Iowa and New Hampshire, right? They take right. pride in being first in the nation. And, and Nevada is trying to uh, move up in the calendar, in the primary calendar. You know, they're, they're, the case that they're trying to make is that Nevada looks more like America and not like Iowa and New Hampshire, which are not the most diverse states, if we're being candid. Uh, but there are two things going on, that Iowa and New Hampshire are determined to be first. Uh, they, if, if a state moves up, as states have tried in the past, then Iowa and New Hampshire will probably just move up and to the point where eventually we have the 2024 primary in uh, Labor Day of 2023. Uh, but this is also a case where the, where the national parties have an extreme amount of authority that if states try to move up uh, move up in the calendar and it's unauthorized by the national parties, they can strip delegates. This happened in the 2008 Democratic primary where uh, between Clinton and Obama, when Florida and Michigan tried to move up, 
And the the Democratic National Committee punished them and and initially refused to seat any of their delegates. Eventually, I think they got half of them. Uh, But that is the risk that uh, Nevada is running if it it indeed runs afoul of what the the national parties want to do. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Hey, I want to turn to abortion in the Supreme Court. I saw this headline the other day. Could the Supreme Court supercharge midterms with abortion ruling? We're talking about that Mississippi case. It's pretty controversial. This will be interesting to watch in 2022, especially if this gives maybe some potential windfall to Republicans, if they can make some hay on this politically. Yeah, I mean, I, abortion is one of the most polarizing issues we have in our country. And what's interesting to me is not only the timing of this, it looks like the Supreme Court is going to hear this Mississippi case and we might get a decision in June. Uh, but the the polling and the public opinion on abortion is more nuanced, I think, than what the politicians would have us believe. In, in that if you ask specifically with this Mississippi case, if you ask Uh, Americans, whether they support overturning Roe v. Wade, a majority will say no, that they believe Roe v. Wade uh, should remain in place. But if you ask them, do you believe uh, that abortion should be legal after the first trimester, uh, a majority of Americans will say no, that they're they're comfortable with legal access to abortion in the first trimester, but not the second and third trimester. Mm -hmm. And and this uh, Mississippi case uh, would take uh, would would have an abortion ban just past a few weeks past the first trimester. So it, it, with a lot of issues, it sort it depends on how you ask the people. And I think with the political fallout, uh, it has the potential to energize both Republicans and Democrats. And then if we stack on a potential Supreme Court vacancy on top of it, then we're really we're really cooking with grease uh, in the midterms. Oh, 100%. I like this. Cooking with grease. That's true. Hey, uh, before we let you go, I got to ask you about Donald Trump. I mean, would it be a segment if I didn't ask you about Donald Trump? That would be a lost segment to all of humanity, I think. Uh, all right. So Donald Trump is set to speak uh, this Saturday. Uh, in North Carolina at the GOP convention on June 5th. What do you make of him and him coming out? This is pretty early for, forget early, pretty unprecedented for a president like this to come out and start kind of being on the trail, if you will. Uh, How much of a boon or bust a situation is this for Republicans? Because it can kind of go either way. Yeah, well, well, first of all, President Trump does a lot of things that are unprecedented he does? Uh, for presidents. But, you know, in North Carolina, I think the first thing to watch is does he indicate who he will support in the in the high in the in the North Carolina Senate race? You know, we still haven't heard for sure whether his daughter in law, Laura Trump, is going to run or not. Uh, or, and there's already a handful of candidates in the race. So that's one thing to watch, whether he gives us a clue there. Overall, uh, having Trump active uh, on the trail doing rallies I think could be a boost for Republicans in the midterms uh, because uh, it, it could help ensure that all of the Trump coalition turns out even when he is not on the ballot. But there is a potential downside that it could generate enthusiasm on the Democratic side. Uh, he generated Democratic turnout in 2020, and then we're left with voters in the middle who will be, you know, who will be reminded of, you know, whether they liked his his first four years or whether they like the direction that President Obama and Democrats are taking the country now. So it'll be more of a choice election in the midterms rather than just a referendum, uh, which is what we normally see in those midterms. I mean, I'm not going to put you on the spot here, but if I had to guess boom or bust, I would think think it would be more of a boom, even if it's 60-40 as a boom, just based on the fact that, you know, Trump's not on the ballot. So therefore, you know, you're going to be able to possibly get Trump's effect without him being an anti-effect since he's not on the ballot. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, he 
his his name on the ballot is yeah. he's still a part of the conversation, right? He he still wants to be. Right. He loves the rallies. He's still going to be there. And as long as Democrats are seeing him on their TV screens doing yeah. what he does, uh, you know, he could have that uh, uh, that enthusiasm yeah. effect on on the Democratic side as well. Nathan Gonzalez, great to see you up against the hard break. We'll see you next time around. We're back in a moment with Man Hayworth. See you. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Do you notice with uh, the Biden administration, it's uh, there's so much political correctness uh, going on every single day. Uh, so so uh, Elise Stefanik had, had to come out with this bill. This is what we're at in America. She's co-sponsoring a House GOP bill that would, in essence, ban Black Lives Matter banners at U.S. embassies. Like, we really have to introduce bills like this, but apparently we do because uh, Secretary of State Blinken has basically said, hey, look, uh, he said this to, to many folks uh, across certain platforms in the government. You want to fly a political banner, the LGBT banner, or is it the LGBTQ plus plus? I don't know how many, uh, how many deals we got going on there. Anyhow, political banners flying all over the place. So this bill is out to say, no, we're not, we're not having any of that. Let's, uh, let's join, joining us now, excuse me, Dr. Nan Hayworth, a former U.S. Congresswoman. Uh, Nan, great to see you again. David, thank you, and congratulations on your 100th show. Wishing you many, many hundreds more. Well, I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, no, we, we've really enjoyed it, and that's really nice. We'll have to get you. Can we get you some sort of gift? Do we have a bottle of turtle wax? What can we get you for this? I don't know. we got to figure it out. Turtle wax? I'm sure my car would appreciate it. <laughs> that's right. I think I'm dating myself by saying turtle wax. It's like 1955 stuff. Uh, all right, Nan, uh, look, this, this bill uh, is really interesting to me because, in, in essence, this is where we are in America, that we're now having uh, all these political banners fly over the embassies and other places. I mean, what, what's going on here? Well, I, I, David, you know, as I was listening to you, I thought, and I've thought it before, but never expressed it in public, but there is no more poetically named Secretary of State than Anthony Blinken. <laughs> I mean, he, and it, it's, it's a terrible thing to have to say, but, but it, it, the Biden-Harris administration does nothing but capitulate uh, to those who uh, make the most uh, strident case for uh, believing that or feeling that or certainly, uh, you know, beguiling this government into thinking that their cause has to be elevated above all others. So it, it's, it's eminently true that every uh, black life in this country matters. Uh, every life of every American citizen matters from the perspective, especially of the United States government, which has to be scrupulously neutral about how it represents its people, particularly around the world. So political banners, I mean, not only is BLM, uh, you know, representing a particular uh, movement, but actually it, it's in reality, it's not representing black lives. It's representing Marxism. 
Uh, it is uh, Marxism using uh, accusations of racism as a tool to uh, divide our society, to bring down our constitutional republic. So the fact that a bill has introduced in Congress, of course, by Republicans, by a prominent Republican leader, to make that point, uh, just tells you exactly where we are, the magnitude of the challenge we face. Uh, but at least, you know, give this administration this much credit. Uh, you know, they are letting us know uh, just how craven uh, and cowardly they are. You, you know, Nan, I, you're absolutely right. And I've got to tell you, if you strip the Marxism uh, out of the BLM movement, if you strip all of the liberal ideology out of it, you would actually have a lot of folks, Republicans, Democrats, white, black, you know, just, you know, all marching together because black lives matter. But it has it has been corrupted. Uh, and, and you wonder where this black lives matter movement is going. And uh, you wonder, as more people understand what this movement's about, uh, if once again, I, you know, the old Trump is right and other people are right, that this this was bad news from the very beginning, the actual underpinnings and the ideological prism regarding BLM. Yep, uh, it was. And if it weren't for David, the uh, fundamentally uncritical, as Mark Halperin calls them, dominant media promoting this myth, instead of looking at what BLM says it is, David, it's in their website. That's they right. are not about their Marxist agenda, uh, you know. But but it was it was reflexively my alma mater, Princeton University, to whom I'm giving not a dime of unrestricted funding for the first time in 40 years. This is my 40th reunion year. Uh, they have embraced this ideology that somehow systemic racism that exists among all of us, it's such a toxic ideology and it is false. The only place systemic racism exists is in the policies and politics that have kept urban communities of color in poverty, uneducated, without opportunity, ever since the inception of the Great Society programs. Daniel Patrick Moynihan, a great Democrat, predicted it, and he was right. And that is where the racism lies. But the Democrats, the left, the dominant media, and all of their apologists uh, in the elites, academia, you name it, have actually managed to embrace yeah. the deception the distraction that somehow we are all racist that could not be more false. You know, here's the thing. If BLM really wants to get serious, maybe they should address the fatherhood issue, the absentee fatherhood issue uh, in this country as it relates to not just African-Americans, obviously, but we know absentee fathers, no matter what color you are, uh, clearly affect the family. Uh, real quick, I, I'm concerned about the next generation here, about what they're learning through all of this, because I got to tell you, uh, there's an 18-year-old uh, that I know that I had a conversation with. The, this was a few months ago. Uh, and she she was going to these Black Lives Matter movement, uh, you know, rallies. And I said, did you know what they're about at all? And I, she's like, well, you know, I hear they're just for Black Lives Matter. I said, why don't you go research it for yourself? She researched it for herself. She's not going anymore. She's totally turned a 180 on it. But it's a it's a generational thing. We that that's a key to a lot of this. Well, it it, it is. Uh, it, look, David, who wants to be against Black Lives? Right. Uh, you'd have to be out of your mind to fail to embrace the, the concept that black lives matter. Of course they do profoundly. And that is why people who really, really care about improving black lives fight so hard for better education, 
for mm -hmm. family formation and family intactness. And I want to give a shout out, David, real, really quickly to Richard Turner, who was one of the founders of BLM in Minnesota and oh, left right. it after a year and a half. He founded Minnesota Parents Unite yep. to fight for better education for uh, students in these communities. That's where yeah. the transformation happens. That's where the elevation happens. But the left, yeah. and unfortunately, most Democrats are against that. And Nan, 100% agreed. Got to run up against a uh, hard break, but thanks for bringing that up. Great to see you. Hope to see you next week as well. Uh, we're going to get Richard on the show. Madison, we got to work on that. We will. Back in a moment. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. Going to go on a cruise this summer? Well, take a look at this. Uh, cruise lines, it says cruise line, but really many cruise lines, requiring vaccination proof. And they're daring Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to enforce his vaccine passport ban because that's exactly what uh, DeSantis uh, says he's going to do, or he has done, actually. He, he signed it. He's basically saying, look, you can't tell an unvaccinated person that you can't go cruising. In other words, don't give me a vaccinated pa or vaccine passport on a cruise ship. Anyhow, that feels like it's got uh, litigation written all over it. So we'll see what happens. Cruises, uh, cruise lines are, of course, saying, look, we need to have vaccinated people on these ships. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see what happens. At this point, I think what they're doing is they'll have, what, 5% of their capacity will be on uh, for unvaccinated people on the ship. So, yeah, great, 5%. This, this whole thing's just so, it's stupid. It really is stupid. All right, uh, speaking of, no, I won't say speaking of stupid. That's not right. But I have a Joe Biden clip to play. Um, so he kind of messed up the Declaration of Independence yet again. So, uh, shall, <laughs> let's play it. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, including life, liberty, etc. <laughs> I had no idea that etc. was in the Declaration of Independence. But I have a better idea for Joe Biden. Let's play it again, and I'm going to give him my suggestion. Here, here it is. We hold these truths to be self-evident, but all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, including life, liberty, etc. Life, liberty, etc. Can you imagine the uh, founding fathers' uh, conversation? Hey, TJ, hey, TJ, what do you got? Life, liberty, etc. I like it. I like, no, it was life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Could he have not at least said life, liberty, and the pursuit of etc.? I mean, I, I'm not quite sure why he couldn't have at least said the pursuit of etc., but he just went life, liberty, etc. 
By the way, speaking of Excedrin, it reminds me of Excedrin, which reminds me of the Biden administration in the first 100 plus days, because I've had to take a lot of Excedrin. I'll be honest with you, I take a lot of Excedrin. Okay, I do this show, so you know why I take a lot of Excedrin. But beyond that, uh, the Biden administration has just put me literally into extra strength uh, territory for sure. So anyhow, life, liberty, and as we like to say here at the water cooler, uh, the pursuit of Excedrin. Back in a moment. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? <laughs> Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. It's a Monday, end of the show. Anna Perez back with... Wait, it's a Monday. No, it's not. It's a Tuesday. A Tuesday, yeah. It feels like a Monday. <laughs> this is what it's come to. I'm fact-checking fact myself. So, uh, good to see you on this Tuesday. Uh, Memorial Thanks. Day good? Had a good yeah, Memorial it was great. Day? It was great. Good. I gained a lot of weight, FYI. Just so you know. <laughs> well, you can't tell, so... Uh, well, thank you. Well, let me do a close-up show. now. Okay. All right, so what's going on? Yeah, do, uh, something about Pennsylvania. That's all I remember you telling me. Right. Some PA news, which I actually was just at this weekend. I was in PA visiting family, as nice. I was telling you. Um, nice transition. Yeah. Well, it's my hometown, but... Uh, all right. Yeah, so a woman who's running for mm -hmm. senator in Pennsylvania, her name's Val Arkush, she recently tweeted out some false claims about a bill that they just approved in the PA uh, State House. Mm -hmm. um, it's Bill 118. Basically what it says is that, you know, parents who had a miscarriage or an ectopic pregnancy, that their child's remains would be, they would get to choose whether they want a burial or they'd have, you know, a cremation rather than it being treated like medical waste, okay. as any family would not want to happen. Uh, right. So, but she tweeted out that this bill actually fined women who miscarried and also that women would have to fill out a fetal death certificate themselves. Um, uh, true? Not true. Not true. Not and true. Even, and even Thank Snopes you. called this out, of course, which is actually interesting because, as a lot of people know, Snopes, you know, is a little bit more left-leaning as far as a fact-checking sure. checking source. Um, but they did call her out for this, which was great because um, it was clearly false. Mm -hmm. um, and then another interesting piece of this story is the fact that on the same day she tweeted out these false claims, yeah. she also tweeted out that she had not met her $100,000 fundraising goal for May. So, you know, after getting all of these, I believe it was over 19,000 retweets for these false claims, you know, mm. all of this news is spreading around, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, this is a bit rich, considering <laughs> she also hasn't met her fundraising goal. You know, it's begging the obvious question, was this really a misunderstanding or was it, you know, an intentional fundraising effort? Yeah, so she tried to make it basically political and now it's coming, it seems like it's going to come back to haunt her. I'm, I'm assuming she's in some hot water over this. Yeah, and what's an, another interesting part of this mm -hmm. is that a uh, pro-life group actually brought up the fact that she's an obstetric anesthesiologist. So it would be hard to believe that she didn't understand PA's medical laws. So, you know, there's just another layer to the story that kind of proves that it's very likely that this wasn't a misunderstanding. <laughs> for sure. It's like the story that keeps getting worse and worse for yeah, this Yeah, exactly. So, oh I mean, God. it'll be interesting to see what she says in response so far. I don't know if she said anything. Um, we haven't heard any reports that she's, like, come out saying yeah. she was a misunderstanding, but we'll see. I yeah. would just keep quiet at that point. You know, yeah. just let, let it go. <laughs> let, let it go. It go. <laughs> all right, thanks, Anna. Appreciate it. Uh, on the show tomorrow, Joel Rosenberg, editor-in-chief of All Israel News uh, from Dubai tomorrow. Hey, international.